The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we will poke you, we'll stab you, we'll cut you, we'll chop your head off. <laughs> this week's Top 5, Top 5 Improvised Weapons. It is Matthew and I this week. Hello! I'm going to start off with my number five because it appears to be a weapon that they use all the time in movies. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got a question mark by it, but the power of Christ. Oh. The power of Christ compels you or whatever. They whip right. out their little uh, uh, crucifix and the vampires and the werewolves and the poltergeists all start scattering. Mm. So I'm putting the power of Christ down as my number five. <laughs> wow. Start well, things that, off making it interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. How many times do you see a scary movie That's where you true. need I an mean, improvised weapon and someone puts their fingers together like a cross and suddenly old uh, Christopher Lee goes. <laughs> well, and you know, your Uber example, of course, is The Exorcist. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. That's, yeah, that's a... But I that's don't know a, if that's improvised. I mean, using your fingers as the crucifix, maybe. Yeah. But I think all that well, other stuff, maybe it has to be a little bit more premeditated. I would say that that's definitely improvised in as much as, you know, when you go into a situation like that, you have to figure you're going to do something. So, you know, for instance, in The Exorcist, they I need an old priest and a young priest. The old priest knew what he was doing, but I think he did, yeah. He did have to improvise a little bit yeah, yeah. when she started spitting pea soup. Yeah, and crawling up the telling, wall backwards. Telling him that his mother darned socks in hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. No. So that that's my number five. What do you have for number five? My number five comes from a movie that's near and dear to your heart. Is it? Yes. Blade Runner. Oh, okay. Rick Deckard, as played by uh, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. is in Mortal Kombat. Not mortal. Not mortal. No, Mortal Kombat. He's in a fight with Roy Batty as played by uh, Crazy Eyes Wacky Face. And they're fighting and they're fighting and they end up in a bathroom. Yeah. He's lost his weapon. Yeah. He's got his hand busted. And Roy Batty, who is this, you know, this replicant, this superhuman monster, is there ready to punch in his face. And what does he do? He rips a pipe out of the wall of the bathroom. And starts using it to beat him over the head. Yeah. Which is a pretty awesome moment. And the, the best part, of course, is Batty's response. That's the spirit. But yeah, it's one of those <laughs> one of those quintessential moments for me where you realize, you know, just how out of his element he is, out of his league he is. But he still has the, the wherewithal and the creativity to <laughs> rip a pipe out of the bathroom wall. Yeah, yeah. If that ever happened to me. You know, who who played Roy Batty? Do you remember? That was um creepy, creepy guy. Yeah, I can, Roy, oh, I can um, think. What was his oh. name? Roy Batty was played by uh, Rutger Hauer. 
Rutger Hauer, thank you. I was yeah. thinking Christopher Lambert, and I knew that was wrong. No, that wouldn't be correct. If I ever see Rutger Hauer in real life, Roy Batty or no Roy Batty, I may rest a pipe out of the wall just to pretend to protect myself because I don't know if you've seen Rutger Hauer. Well, first of all, if Rutger Hauer ever showed up to your house, that would be impressive. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> and second of all, I think your landlord would be pretty upset if you ripped a pipe out of your wall. I don't know if you're familiar with my neighborhood, though. <laughs> I've, I, I know of unincorporated Pauline, yes. I grew up around that area, remember? <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just saying. Okay. My number People four. across the street park the wrong direction and it drives me crazy. Oh, yeah? They, they park uh, headlights they park out against of the flow of traffic. Oh. No, they park on the, on, the, uh, on the eastbound side of the road facing west. Yeah, That's happens. illegal. It's illegal, I tell you. Is it? It is. All right. My number four is one you see anytime there's a giant uh, creepy crawly spider, mm-hmm. uh, vampire, bat. I mean, really anything that, uh, uh, you know, burglar trying to get into your house. <laughs> Next door neighbor who wants to, I don't know, scrap your daughter's yeah, swing set. Exactly. You grab, you grab that uh, can of hairspray and that lighter that you're always keeping around Ooh. and you improvise a blowtorch. <laughs> now, my problem is I've got hairspray. That's mm-hmm. not a problem because I use it for some of my 3D printing stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lighter, I don't know if I have like the traditional lighter. I have those stupid little clicky um, candle lighter things, you know, with the long stem. The long stems, yeah, those and are you great. click it and it shoots out a little flame. I mean, that would keep your hand away from the open flame when it comes out. But, you know, half mm-hmm. the time when I click on those things, you push a little button forward and click, no Nothing. flame comes out. So, Nothing. you know, my thing would be I'd be like click, click, shh, and then the, then the guy would get a face full of, I assume it would be a guy, but the guy would get a, a face full of uh, hairspray, which right. could also be in itself an improvised uh, weapon. But then he's going to look at me and with some beautiful uh, styled hair and then punch my lights out. <laughs> Don't you realize you're depleting the ozone layer, blah. That's, that's me being a vampire theoretically. Oh. Blah. Okay. Vampires end every sentence in blah, blah. Do It's they? true. Okay. Yeah, I, I read that on the internet. Well, what is your number four? <laughs> My number four is not merely brilliant. It is Academy Award winning brilliant. Oh, so you're using an Academy Award and bashing someone upside the head? <laughs> no. Well, first of all, you've got a you got a real problem. First of all, you said no. if Roy Batty ever showed up to your showed up, uh, you ever saw him in person. Right. Uh, and now you're claiming that you're going to have an Academy Award sitting on your shelf that you can just pick up. I actually up. have two Academy Awards, one for my lead role in Gunga Din and one for uh, art direction. But the <laughs> the thing that I'm talking about actually comes from, oddly enough, one of the greatest superheroes of our time, that being Jerry Mouse. 1943, in the midst of World War II, Yankee Doodle Mouse, which is a war-themed cartoon – Tom and Jerry are at war, as they normally are, and they're fighting. But instead of chasing each other around with mousetraps, Jerry is doing a whole military thing. He has a Jeep that's made out of a cheese grater and a roller skate. Hmm. And he has hen grenades, which are just eggs. Yeah. But he has the most brilliant thing ever. He's made an airplane out of an egg carton with wings. And to bomb Tom from above, he bombs him with light bulbs. So the light bulbs come down and the glass flies everywhere and there's that little burst. You know how they explode when they – because they have gas inside. And Tom is immediately on the run from these light bulbs and it occurs to me that if I ever had to scare a kitty, a light bulb would be a really good way to do it. Or if you know I wanted to fight Roy Batty. 
and I was all out of hairspray. Problem, with, I think. A, I wonder with a light bulb though, you got to be careful with that mm-hmm. because then if you're also running after that person to throw more light bulbs at them, mm-hmm. you run the risk of stepping on the glass. Also, That's can true. you still buy incandescent bulbs anymore filled I with can. gasoline? Oh, not with gasoline. Oh, no. Okay. But yeah, you can Remember still buy look. you can still buy the thin glass circular bulbs. We oh, don't. Okay. Do you remember? Uh, I forget the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it had for some reason I want to say it had Dustin Hoffman in it. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was like this whole sequence is the guy goes into this house, mm-hmm. unscrews the light bulb, mm-hmm. carefully. I don't know if he. I think he carefully removes the um, the stem from the bulb itself, mm-hmm. fills it up with gasoline, puts it back together. Oh, then screws it back up into the, uh, into the socket and then leaves. And then the victim comes home, turns on the light, it ignites, it blows up and the guy's dead. Do you remember that? That sounds familiar. Let me Google Dustin Hoffman gasoline light bulb. That's what I would look for. But I I distinctly remember seeing that as a kid on a movie and I was like, holy crap, that, uh, (laughs) that is a, um, that's a way to take a guy out. Yeah, if it actually explodes, which I, you know, I can't guarantee that it would or wouldn't. Well, that first does of all, sound the familiar. only time the only time the filament's going to burn out is if it's exposed to oxygen. So it's going to heat up inside, right? The, uh, inside that gasoline, and the gasoline's going to ignite. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be something that's going to happen. I don't know. The only thing I can find uh, looking on the Google is someone on YouTube filling a light bulb with gasoline. So. I'm not saying that it's a good or bad idea. I'm saying that it's likely a good way to get incinerated. Uh, apparently, if you go to um, OO Cities under Chapter 5, under Explosive mm-hmm. Devices, mm-hmm. they have a uh, whole thing on exploding light bulbs. Wow. Yeah. Gasoline light bulbs. So light bulbs, Matthew, may not be a bad thing to uh, yeah. kill somebody with. Um, <clears throat> my number three, again, if you're trying to improvise a weapon – you probably broke your car down in the middle of nowhere at night mm-hmm. in the rain and you're far away from everyone and someone's going to come up behind you and try to hit you over the head with a shovel. Mm-hmm. And your best defense is the good old crowbar. Ooh. How many times have we seen people just pick up a crowbar and just <laughs> go to town on whatever it is that ails them? Be mm. it zombie or annoying coworker, that crowbar just comes in real handy. And so, uh, I mean, I don't know if you have a crowbar. I don't know if I have a crowbar, but apparently mm. in movies and books <laughs> and everything else, there, there are crowbars just littering houses. <laughs> you open Every the drawer. House has five crowbars. You open that drawer where you keep all your junk. There's a crowbar in there. You run downstairs to go to your, uh, your office. Apparently there's a crowbar positioned crowbar. right behind your door. Yep. You go into your furnace room or your deep storage room. There's a crowbar. There's got to be one out in your garage. Yes, crowbars are everywhere in fiction. And I think a crowbar would make a very impressive improvised weapon. Crowbar. So there you go. That is my number three. Crowbar. Yeah, my number two gets a little bit more intense. But what is your number three? My number three is actually a legendary improvised weapon story in fiction. All right. So picture it. It's the 23rd century. The captain of the flagship of the United Federation of Planets has been forcibly captured and beamed down to a planet where he is forced to battle with a carnivorous alien known as a Gorn. Yeah. Now, normally, that captain is dead meat. But this particular captain happens to be three things, bald, Canadian, and Jewish. So what he does is he collects 
these strange rocks that he finds on the ground and this strange powder and what I think is actually some bird feces. I don't know. And he collects it all in a tube that is pretty clearly a bamboo. And he builds an explosive device, a cannon, to fire diamonds at this Gorn's face. Was it diamonds? Yeah, well, they looked like diamonds. They were big Some kind of white crystal thing. Okay, maybe it was salt rock. Hard to say. Maybe James T. Kirk invented... The uh, what's the shotgun pack? <laughs> the with shotgun the... buckshot. Yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty sure rock salt shotguns were around before 1967. Oh. <laughs> okay. But even so, the fact that he went and was able to put this together is pretty amazing. The more important thing, and I think this is the brilliant part, is when he's running. Right, he's Kirk, so he's got like some. I, I think there was some sulfur and some some carbon in there. And he's running, and it's all mixed together in the bottom. When he gets there and starts building his cannon, he's able to separate those particulate solids into separate piles. Yeah. Perfect. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That, my friends, that's, that's preparation because he clearly had to have some sort of centrifuge. But the thing that's really great about it is this is actually the thing that turns the tide because Kirk is unwilling to kill the Gorn. Yeah. And by demonstrating mercy, the alien Metrons who beamed him down to planet, I think, Cestus 3. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, SETI Omicron 5? No, not SETI Alpha 5. SETI Alpha 5 is where they dumped Khan at the end of Space Sea. This oh. is the arena. Wait, that, that's uh, not SETI Alpha 5. That's SETI Alpha 3. SETI Alpha 6. Oh, okay. Our beautiful moon exploded. <laughs> My own MacIver was killed, Kirk. From the heart of hell, I stab at you. All right, anyway, darkness. Yeah, the Metron, the Metrons said, "Oh well, you United Federation guys are okay, even though you you built a cannon." And it's important to know that uh, the special effects on that particular episode of Star Trek, yeah, actually gave Bill Shatner tinnitus to this very day, reputedly. Tinnitus to this very day. Tinnitus to this very day. So. Improvisation is not without its dangers, faithful spoilerites. My number three, Kirk's diamond cannon that gave him tinnitus. So you're being attacked mm-hmm. and some reason you've got a toolbox in your kitchen mm-hmm. and you start groping around as this person's trying to choke you to death or do whatever to death to you. Because mm-hmm. it's always to the death. Always. Yeah. You reach in, you grab something, you swing, and then you cut to the reverse shot. And you see a hammer sticking out of a person's head and not ah. the, not the flat end of the hammer either. Oh, the claw, the claw end of the hammer. So a claw hammer, I right. mean, if, if some riot broke out right now, I would, I would grab my two claw hammers mm-hmm. and I would be ready to go to town. You'd be like two, two claws. We'll I would be two, claw. two claws. That's my, that was my, um, high school swimming team name. <laughs> the two, two claws. claws. Yes. Yeah. Dual claw, that's what it yeah. is, dual. And I would be able to defend myself and fight other people off because I have my claw hammers. I mean, that's something I think almost everybody has a hammer in their house. And right. if you have to have a weapon for something, claw hammer is probably your second best choice. Right. Your old dual claw schleicher. Yeah, that's it. Dual claw schleicher. Now, the thing about a hammer that you don't think about <laughs> That was my is... wood shop name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, the thing about a hammer that you don't necessarily think about, though, is it is perfectly designed for short, powerful swings. Yeah, it is. 
So you'd have a lot of, I mean, Thor, for instance, yeah, is an example of that hammer. Of course, he doesn't have a hook. Well, Do you see, think maybe Thor he should. would be better with a claw on his? What's the I, what's I the new one? Doesn't here. well, I guess the new one is not a claw. It's got one end is flat, and the other one's uh, the um, hatchet. Kind of a blade, yeah. yeah. I would go with probably the hatchet over a claw because the problem with a claw hammer, and this is why it's in the number two position. Problem mm-hmm. with the claw hammer is when you hit that person in the head with the claw or mm-hmm. whatever, zombie, vampire, whatever it may be, werewolf, vampire, uh, Frankenstein monster. Yeah. The thing well, is, that thing's going to get stuck in there. Is the scientist, I, the person correcting you, am the real monster. Yes, that's why I said Frankenstein okay. monster. That 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 claw is going to get hooked in there. Yeah, and it's going to take a, a little bit of effort to pull it out. And then after you pull it out, it's probably going to be covered in something which reduces its effectiveness, mm-hmm. which is probably why if you do have the hammer with the hatchet on the other side, that mm-hmm. would probably be better. But I doubt f- many people have that. So kind a claw a hammer will thing. have to do. Yeah, those hatchet hammers are hard to find. Hatchet hammer. <laughs> hatchet hammer. Hatchet That's hammer. CBS, CBS late night. Hatchet hammer. Hatchet hammer. Da, 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 da. Oh, this is like an 80s retrospective, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. And all of our favorite horror movies at the same time. Right. What do you have for number two? Speaking of 80s horror movies, let's say. I don't know why I, I, I focused on these horror movies as needing yeah. top five improvised weapons. I mean, we've got a that's presidential the, election. Place. We got a presidential election coming up, and we may need to have improvised weapons Ow. when they no come and take gun. all of our guns. They're not going to come and take your guns. You don't have a gun. No, I don't. But, but if they did, this is what this is why this episode is a public service for all of our friends who think that their guns are going to be taken away. <laughs> Speaking of eighties horror, <laughs> let's say you're out. You say you're you're going to the lake to stay at a cabin. You're bringing along your sister Cheryl and your friend Shelly and your friend Scotty, and you're going to go stay at this cabin in the woods where clearly nothing bad could ever happen. Never. Never, never. happens. And, you know, it, it, say that your friends are possessed by deadites because of the Necrocon, Necronomicon that's, Ex Mortis. That's your own fault for opening that book in the first place. Right. And you're, you're forced to kill your friends and you're the only one left. And then your hand is possessed. Oh, And my you just got to – you just got to – Chop off your own hand, right? Yeah. You have to, like, cut off your hand to to save yourself from being possessed by a deadite. And clearly, at that point, there's only one thing to do. I mean, you, you, you don't have a hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you, are, you are behanded, if you will. Yes. The only possible thing to do is to bolt a chainsaw to your wrist stump. And use it to, you know, attack and kill any deadites that come back around. I mean, it's it's natural. It's the only possible progression of events. And if you do Happens it right, me, if you do it right, you can build into a um, into the back of your shoulder host, holster for your gun for your boomstick. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. put a little um, grip in there so that when you just reach back with your chainsaw hand, you Sh- pull the you pull the the whatever the cord. Yeah. And start the thing. What is that thing called? The cord? The start cord? Uh, I call it the start cord. I used to, you know, do lawnmowers all the time growing up. I can't remember pull what the start. name of that. Pull starter? I don't know. It's a pull starter. Is what One I of our listeners that. will correct us. Oh, I'm sure. I, you know, I'm I used to work. point in my life where I can hire somebody to come mow my grass. I used to work in a chainsaw shop repairing two-cycle engines and oh, yeah. sharpening chain. And it is hell, by the way. But the thing about a chainsaw that you don't realize is that thing is freaking dangerous. 
Chainsaws? So Hell it, yeah, they are. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, oh, ha, ha, it's a cut chainsaw. Lots of wood. I used to cut lots of wood. Right? With chainsaws and And you know and that if that stuff. chain is going, somebody's going to get hurt. Actually, an axe. So if you have that strapped you, to your hand. Yeah. Boy, if you go down to scratch yourself, you're going to be in big trouble. Well, use your other hand, dipstick. Well, that one's the claw. <laughs> <laughs> So you got a claw and a chainsaw. <laughs> claw and a chainsaw. Man, and you're never going to use the restroom never, normally again. So never going to eat hot, spicy food ever again. <laughs> I stay bad. Stay bad. Bad. <laughs> hey, come on, but listeners. You know what thing. I'm talking about. If you have that strapped to your hand, you can even go back to like the medieval times, not medieval times, but yeah. medieval, times. <laughs> medieval times. Welcome to medieval times. Please check your chainsaws in at the door. And those of you with boomsticks, leave them in your car. Huzzah! And then you can be the king and or oversleep into the uh, terrible desiccated future, <laughs> depending on which ending you get. Oh, and, this is one of those hail to the chief, uh, give me some sugar baby moments. Right, right, oh, right. Oh, okay, okay. You weren't talking about it. You weren't talking about <laughs> No, you got, a, you got a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, my friend, is an improvised weapon. Okay. And that, my number two. All right. Brings us all the way up to our number ones. Number one. You this one, I think, one. I, I think this one is the best improvised weapon of all time. Because mm. everyone has one, and they mm-hmm. can serve multiple purposes. Hmm. A mop. Or a broom handle. Mm-hmm. Because what you do is, when the thing's coming at you, you grab your mm-hmm. broom handle and you snap off the broom part. Or if you're a little bit more careful, you unscrew the uh, handle from your push broom. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like a good four and a half foot, five foot long stick that you can swing at people. You can use it to push people away. You can jam it in their gut. You can poke mm-hmm. them in the eye with it from a distance. If you've been watching your martial arts movies, you can use it as a bow staff. Yeah. And when it really, when you're really getting down to business and you got to go in for close combat, closer than, you know, four and a half feet. Right. You snap that broomstick or that mop handle over your hand, over your leg. And now you got two pointy bits and now (laughs) you can just start stabbing the heck out of people. I've seen Buffy do it. I think I can do it too. Yeah. That, that is the, just like that sentence is the last words of probably 60% of dipsticks in the world. <laughs> I've seen Buffy do it. I can do it. do it. What about Cordelia? Uh, Have you ever seen her do it? That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I've seen Cordelia get stabbed with rebar, and she's all right, so it should be fine for you, Cletus. <laughs> oh, okay. Give me that handle. Come here, you. Stabby, stabby, stabby. My cousin Clement well, that's, Clovis. That's, that's the <laughs> other problem, too, when two people start fighting with the um, mop broom handle. One, mm-hmm. it like always breaks or something. You know, they're struggling. One of them's got one in, the other's got the other. And the stronger right. one pushes the other person back. And so they fall back with that broom handle as it snaps. And then the, mm-hmm. the bad person is diving on to the person that's now on their back. And the next thing you know, they land on them and you just hear this. <gasps> and you realize you've stabbed them all the way through. Or even worse, you've stabbed them all the way through the eye and out the back of their head. Oh, that's terrible. Don't I know. That's right. That. Horror movies, right? That's where I get most of my improvised weapons from, is not by looking in my own closets, but by watching horrible, horrible movies, horror movies, or what I believe to be horror movies look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always imagine that at the end of the scary movie, the mop or the broom handle comes out, and it's go time. 
Wait, that's not it. It could be. Uh, those kind of are broom handles. You just take the broom and you sharpen it into a very flat br- yeah. blade, and you put a counterweight on the a other blade, side. The other end is like a, a bag of sand or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that's my number yeah. one: a mop or a broom handle. Top that. Yeah. I can top it, but it's not universal. It is a very specific improvised weapon. Oh, it is something so. that. Okay. Situationally, this is a very specific situation that you have to be in. You or I probably could not do this. So this is something that takes place on the side of a mountain. This it's no, actually in a cave. Oh, with a box of scraps. And what I'm thinking of is the time that Anthony Edwards Stark was attacked by. Is this a Game of Thrones uh, thing? Because I've not initially. No, you're thinking of someone else entirely. Initially, it was in Vietnam, but that was 1963, and that's an entirely different thing now. Forty years down the line, who knows where it happens. But Tony Stark is shot down in enemy territory, and Tony Stark is locked in a cave with genius Professor Yinsen. And what he does when he is told to create a super weapon for the the warlords who have captured him is he builds a powered suit of armor – or as I like to call it, a ton and a half of go F-bomb yourself and comes busting out of that cave all of a sudden. That's a pretty, and then the, the, yeah. That's a pretty specific improvised weapon. But it is an improvised a, weapon. A, a uh, water heater, a flamethrower, and a welder's <laughs> mask. But he did improvise that weapon in a cave that, with a box mm, of scraps. Uh, and I suppose, I guess, I mean, he was in the process. He already had it in his head. So he was, but if he'd been working movie, on this in his, in his head for like weeks. If you see the movie, he had the technology for the arc reactor. Right. He already was, head. he already was working he on built that. The yeah. power. And then the, the rest of it, he put together and he like kind of slapped it together. And that first Iron Man suit is like all weldy and, and filled with weird brazing and everything. Yeah. That is clearly an improvised weapon. That's that, clearly that slapping be, yes. together whatever you hand. And then attacking the 10 rings with the full power of the, you know, two tons of go F-bomb yourself. And, and he's walking around in a two-ton suit. <laughs> he trips and falls, and my, and my uh, sharpened broom handle goes right through that eye hole. Steven. I'm just saying. You cannot defeat Iron Man with a sharpened I, broom I, handle. I, I bet I could. Maybe a chainsaw hand. <laughs> Probably a chainsaw <laughs> What about a claw hammer? Well, the claw hammer, you have to decide, is it worth having the claw hammer to give up the lead pipe? Because Roy Batty is also here. What about the power of Christ? I've seen things you've never imagined, Stephen. I've seen back issues on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I once saw a needle that winked its eye. Yes, I be done seen about everything. Like tears in the rain when an elephant cries. I think I'm mixing up my stories. Yeah, probably a little bit. You need to add in a little bit of a Daisy Daisy, and then you've got it. Daisy. (laughs) All right, everybody. There you go. Our top five improvised weapons. This is a a topic picked by you, the listeners. This is what you ended up with. This is what happens when you send us suggestions. This is what you get. That's what you get. (laughs) When you send us suggestions to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. But now here's 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 the interesting part. Yes. You, the listener, not you, the Matthew, but you, the listener, have to go to Majorspoilers.com. There's a link in the show notes. Go to that link. No, 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 no. Just go to, there's a link in the show notes. That will take you right there. Take you right to the page. Yes. 
And what you need to do in the comments section is you need to come up with your top five improvised weapons. Mm -hmm. What are they made out of? How would you use them? All that kind of stuff. And we're going to read them because everybody loves a list. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. (laughs) 